So Gabriel appears to Mary to tell her that she will bear the Son of God. We're already in the middle of a bigger story. So he throws in this little detail, even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And this shows that we were part of a larger story, and it started with Elizabeth and Zechariah, from whom we learned about forgiveness, our own need for it, and our own need to freely share it as we have so freely received it. And then the week before that, we learned about love from both God and Joseph, that God loves us, and Joseph gave us this great example of what it means to love him too. Now today, we look at Mary's part of the story. This part of the story teaches us about purpose, and we'll finish up next week by seeing hope in the Christmas story as well, all because this is God's message, as you see on the screen, a message of love and forgiveness and purpose and hope. And if he were to speak to you in that, he would say to you regarding love, I love you. And regarding forgiveness, I've taken the first step to make things right. And regarding purpose, I want you to help me change the world. And regarding hope, in time I will fix everything. And by the way, in January, we will start walking through the Gospel of Mark, and we will see Jesus' example of walking with others, which you also see up on the screen there. Now our focus is going to start moving to that And what it means to walk with others as we see Jesus' example through the Gospel of Mark simply, intentionally, and patiently. But today, we want to talk about purpose. I want you to help me change the world. This is all over the Christmas story, really, uh, as regular people are brought into God's plan, very regular people, not uh, the religious establishment or those in great authority, but shepherds and wise men from great distances that came. And it's just amazing the involvement of humble human beings, a carpenter and his very young promised wife, used for God's greatest purposes. But Mary... Oh, Mary, she may be one of the greatest of these. Do we have some Maryophobia around here just because some have made more of her than they should? Mary is a remarkable example of purpose in God's hands. A person, a human being, a rather humble human being, chosen of God, normal Yet, a God-image-bearing individual chosen to fulfill God's perfect purposes. Now, there are two parts, I believe, to God's, to this concept of purpose. God's part and man's part. So let's look at God's part. When we consider purpose and God's part of it, We're talking about the sovereignty of God, which is an enormous subject, but 
let's see how it shows up in the Christmas story. The way it would show up in the Christmas story, among other ways, I think, is the significance of the virgin birth. Now, I want to take you to some theological study this morning. Does this really matter that Jesus was born of a virgin? Aren't these concepts like the virgin birth of Christ, a bunch of theological nuancing by ivory tower theologians that spend too much time writing and thinking about these things? Aren't we supposed to be talking about real-life practical issues that we should be more concerned about that really make a difference, not simply studying what we believe and all the intricacies, but rather what we're supposed to be doing. Now, I am certainly sensitive to our being distracted by or even creating distractions and diversions by looking at deep theological discussions and keeping us from really getting about what we're supposed to be doing. But truth is what it is. Truth. And it must be understood for what it is. And not doing so, a person could ignore truths at their own peril. What do I mean? Well, gravity and the overly complex studies of properties of mass and weight and density don't seem to be particularly practical, do they? How much time did you spend this week studying the physical characteristics of gravity? I had some young people in the... uh, homeschooling co-op, dropping things off the side of the building right in front of my window this week. Apparently, they were studying the properties of gravity and density and mass, and things were dropping out of the sky. And I don't remember those things. I'm not a numbers guy. However, it is really important for anyone to understand that if they stepped off the edge of a tall building, they would do so at their own peril. True? So, It is with foundational spiritual truth. So let me show you why this particular theological truth of the virgin birth is so important and important to you. So if we consider our statement of faith, which is a part of our Constitution and a part of who we are as a church, it says God's gospel or God's message is revealed, it's seen, it's made understandable, practical. In history, supremely through the person of Jesus Christ. Emmanuel, God with us, God made visible. And it says, we believe that Jesus Christ is God incarnate, fully God and fully man, one man with two natures. Now, these two natures are essential for our salvation. Jesus must be God so that he can save, and he must be man so that he can be our substitute. And how that happens, how that happens. So how can he possibly be God and man? How that happens comes together at the virgin birth. Jesus, Israel's promised Messiah, I go on to read from our doctrinal statement, statement of faith, was conceived through the Holy Spirit and born of the virgin 
Mary. And then it says, he lived a sinful, I mean, excuse me. Yeah, thank you. Wow. He lived a sinless life, was crucified under Pontius Pilate, arose bodily from the dead, and ascended into heaven, and sits at the right hand of God the Father as our high priest and advocate. Here's the critical factor. Sin is passed through the man, through the male, through Adam. Listen to me carefully. Romans chapter 5 tells us this. Sin is passed through the man. Who was the first to sin? The Bible tells us it was Eve. But Romans chapter 5 verse 12 tells us this. Sin entered the world through one man and death through sin. And in this way, death came to all people because all sinned. The sin nature is passed down through Adam. So that salvation is possible through the second perfect man, Jesus Christ. Adam was perfect. He sinned, and through him came the sin nature passed down to all of us. So that the second Adam, the second perfect man, could offer salvation. Romans chapter 5, verse 19. For just as through the disobedience of the one man, the many were made sinners, so also through the obedience of the one man, many will be made righteous. This is why the virgin birth of Jesus Christ is so important. Only in this way could he be fully God and man, yet perfect from birth, because he was not conceived of a man, but of the Holy Spirit. And then live that perfect life and offer himself perfectly in death. And here is that involved theological concept and spiritual truth in the simplicity of the Christmas story. Luke chapter 2, the Holy Spirit will overshadow you and you will conceive and give birth to a son and you are to name him Jesus. On the eighth day when the time came to circumcise the child, he was named Jesus, the name the angel had given him before he was conceived. And the recounting of this promise to Joseph reads this way in Matthew 1.21 when the angel appeared to Joseph It said, she will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. He could save from sins because he was God, born without a sin nature. He could save his people because he was man, a man who could be their complete substitute. Isn't that a beautiful truth? Isn't it remarkable that our all-wise God, before the foundations of the earth, knowing that we would separate ourselves from him, created a manner in which, in a perfect world, made imperfect, he could send his perfect son to make us perfect once again. It's amazing. It is just amazing. And so, our purpose verse comes from Ephesians 
chapter 2, verses 8 through 10. For it is by grace that you have been saved through faith. This is not from yourselves. This is the gift of God. Only he could do this. Only an all-wise and all-powerful God could create a way in which, though we rebel against him, he would have such a marvelous way to redeem us back to himself. And yet it's interesting. Only he could do this, but notice, even so, he creates and begins to show us then when we get to man's part, so purpose has to do with God's part. Only he could do this, and when it comes to the Christmas story, the significance of the virgin birth, only he could do this, but even so, he creates an inseparable link between man and God even in that process as he uses this humble girl to be a part of that perfect redemptive plan. He includes the submissive yet indispensable role of we human beings. So now we move to man's part of purpose, and that's the responsibility of man. And then the Christmas story, that shows up in the special role of Mary. The angel said to her, you are highly favored. The Lord is with you. You have found favor with God. And then she shows how she earns such a claim because she responds by saying, I am the Lord's servant. May your word be to me, may your word to me be fulfilled. Then I also want to take out uh, verse 45 where Elizabeth, remember when she goes and visits Elizabeth? And look what Elizabeth says. Think of this based upon what we learned about Zechariah. Last week, blessed is she who believed that the Lord would fulfill his promises to her. Blessed is she who believed that the Lord would fulfill his promises to her. That's the woman who was married to the guy who didn't believe and was mute for a time. Wow, her husband didn't. And he was a priest. He should have. He knew all the promises. He knew that. And here this humble young girl Blessed was she because she did believe. Now, do you see all the purpose that there is in this? He wants us to help him change the world. Now, only he could bring about the virgin birth. And yet, even in that, he chooses to use us to be a part of helping him change the world. He does what only he can do, but then he includes us in what we are privileged to do. And we get to join God in changing the world. And it gets very, very practical. Look at the humble acts of service. Her obedience, let's think about Mary's obedience. Her obedience is expressed in such practical, tangible ways. How was she so highly favored? What had she done to receive such acclaim? Was she a great preacher that traveled the world? Was she a a fantastic prophetess that had spoken of all that was coming? Was she a miracle worker? She was a devoted woman. She trusted him. She apparently had some kind of faithful behavior that she exercised before God. She said, 
let your promises to me be fulfilled. And she very faithfully walked through the very tangible, normal, mundane process of bringing that child into the world. Now, I don't mean to minimize at all either childbirth, because who am I to ever say what that's about, but what about even the raising of a child? That's a tremendous responsibility. I won't ask for a show of hands, but how many women here, having raised children, have ever found themselves lost in the grind of it all, wondering why everybody else gets to go and do such wonderful, great things, and I'm kind of stuck in the house with these screaming children, and I love them, but really? Don't I get to do something great? And yet, where would we be if there wasn't a faithful mother who had raised the Christ child? Simple obedience as a young lady. Actually, in a first century agrarian society where women's roles at her level of that society were rather menial, what was her purpose and fulfillment in life? What did she expect to do for God's great kingdom? Marry young, have children, support her husband Joseph, go to the temple a few times a year, you know. And I mean, look at what caused her to be called highly favored. Blessed. And then later, of course, she would submit to his leadership. She's been his mother. She's raised him. She's told him. She's taught him. And now there comes a day, hmm, it was a whole new meaning to, I have decided to follow Jesus. It was a day as a mother When she was no longer mother, she became a follower. And she chose to follow Jesus. What a remarkable example of servant-like obedience. What do you consider a significant role in helping God change the world? Is it just going to be like the Larsons where they're going to go to Tanzania and they're going to create sustainable farming uh, training for uh, nationals while they're trained to be church planters in this very Muslim area of the world and they're going to bring great light to a very dark part of the world. Isn't that great that they're going to get to do that? What do you get to do? Oh, I just raise children. Or I just go to work every day. What does it look like for you to help God change the world? What a privilege to serve as we can right where we are. Our greatest struggle in finding purpose may not be finding purpose as much as it is being satisfied with the purpose that he's already given us. Where are you? And what does he want you to do right where you are? See, this is our part of the purpose verse. Verse 10, for we are God's handiwork. 
created in Christ Jesus to do good works which he prepared in advance for you to do. He knows exactly where you are and exactly what he means for you to do right where you are. It's a privilege to choose to follow Jesus. It's prideful to be making life about me. Can Christ be enough and where he has put me be sufficient? And then we have the Magnificat, Mary's song. And time doesn't permit for me to, to really give this justice, although at another time we did look at this more deeply. But let's, let's just see the purpose over all of this. Mary's song recounts this and how God has always used his chosen instrument to accomplish his purposes. Mary says, My soul glorifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he's been mindful of my humble estate, I should say. A young girl, first century agrarian society, that's a humble estate. From now on, all generations will call me blessed, for the mighty one has done great things for me. Holy is his name, and his mercy extends to all those who fear him from generation to generation. She will be called blessed, that is a great thing. This is available to everyone, however. His mercy extends to all who fear him from generation to generation. And this is about being humble, verse 52. He has brought down rulers from their thrones, but he has lifted up the humble. And he has been faithful to fulfill his promises. So as we lit the Advent candle, the Kaiser's read for us. Christmas means purpose for our lives. We're reminded that God chose Mary, a simple girl from a small town, to carry his son, and that he still uses ordinary people to carry the good news of Jesus Christ to this world. So what is your purpose as his handiwork? What about personal devotion? Are you trusting him? Did you read something this week? Did you hear something this week? Were you balked at really trusting him in that? Did you face a set of circumstances where you said, what am I going to do about this? Instead of saying, Lord, how are we going to face this? What do you want to do? What about faithful behavior? What has he asked you to do? And maybe you're asking for something else to do because you'd rather do something else instead of this. Instead of doing what you know you're supposed to do right where you are. Not anyone else. What does he want you to do? No matter what the grind, no matter what it seems like when others get to do great things, and this is all I get to do. The simple obedience of this young lady in this first century agrarian society where her role was very menial, menial, she gets to hear from an angel from God. You are highly favored. The Lord is with you and you have found favor with God. Wouldn't we all like to hear that from God? then let's be about the purpose that he's given us, that he has created us for in Christ Jesus. 
Later she would submit to his leadership. Are you following Jesus? Are you choosing to follow Jesus? God mostly uses ordinary people doing ordinary things to spread the good news of Jesus Christ. He touches all people with God's message through very ordinary people doing very ordinary things. I was excited this week. One of the young adults that's in our 20-something group that meets at our house, uh, he texted me because he was telling me that he had been sharing the gospel out of... uh, Romans 6.23, something that I've taught them to do. And so uh, he, he said, I think it was a little much that I dropped Romans 6.23 on this guy because he goes, I want to talk to somebody smarter than you. So he picked up his phone. He was about to dial me. The guy goes, no, 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 that's okay, that's okay. But here he was, just an ordinary person in an ordinary way, sharing what God had done to change his life. And later, I actually, that, that night, I saw him at the grocery store. We happened to see each other. He looks at me, he goes, I told the guy, I'm in your head. I am totally in your head. And, and the guy goes, what do you mean I'm in your head? You're thinking about it. I'm telling you, you're thinking about it. Here he is just in his own way, doing his own little thing. And he's helping God change the world by touching somebody with God's message. Are you letting him work through you? Will you look for that opportunity this week and not miss it? Because it is by grace that we have been saved, through faith. And this is not from ourselves. This is a gift from God so that no one can boast. Only he can do the virgin birth. But even in that, he has chosen to make us God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do the good works which he prepared in advance for us to do. Let's thank him that we get to find purpose in the most ordinary ways. And let's ask him to help us change this world in our own ordinary little ways. Heavenly Father, thank you. What a powerful example of Mary. So faithful. So humble. So humanly limited in what we might consider having great impact on the world. And yet... Wow, where would we be if she had not faithfully believed her Heavenly Father and faithfully followed what he asked her to do? Thank you. Thank you for her example of changing from mother one day to follower and choosing to follow Jesus. Help us make that same choice this week as we seek to follow you ever more obediently. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.